0: Welcome to the Commentary Magazine Daily Podcast. Today is Friday, June 24th, 2022. I'm John Budhortz, the editor of Commentary Magazine. With me as always, executive editor Abe Greenwald. Hi, Abe. Hi, John. And senior writer Noah Rothman. Hi, Noah. Hi, John. Well, the constitutional right to an abortion is no more. The Supreme Court ruled this morning in the, uh, as we expected it to, based on the leaked Majority opinion a couple months ago. Uh, Was it a couple months ago? I think so. Uh, Samuel Alito's leaked opinion in the Dobbs case. Uh, But here it is, starkly in front of us. Uh, The Roe v. Wade decision of 1973 and the Casey versus Planned Parenthood decision of 1992 have both been overturned. Uh, The right to uh, an abortion is no longer a is no longer deemed a constitutional right, and the and the matter goes to the states for adjudication. This is easily the most significant uh, Supreme Court decision of the last twenty two years, probably or 20, 22 years since since uh, Bush v. Gore. Um, guys uh, have at it. <laughs> Go ahead, Abe.
1: Well, um, it is what we expected. There's that. Um, obviously, I, I, I haven't had the opportunity to read entirely uh, to read the thing in its entirety, but um, um, from what I can glean, um, the, the the much of the uh, logic seems to be um, quite similar to what was in the draft. Um I don't know. it 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 certainly feels different having the the, the decision come down than it than, than it felt when the when the draft was leaked.
0: Um, I'm just gonna lay this out there. So I believe that Roe uh, was a constitutional travesty and an absolutely repugnant decision that created um, a, horror uh, at the heart of the way our body politic deals with controversial issues, created a 50-year cultural war uh, that would have been much different had the matter remained in the hands of the states where it belonged, um, and that it's a, it was a, a, a terrible blow, created this world of narratives uh, part of the part of the um, part of the revolution and consciousness in Western civilizations that created the idea that there are different ways of n- n- narrative ways of understanding documents and uh, settled law and things like that um, that have been absolutely ruinous. Um, but it is a complete overhauling of what has been the way in which we have lived our lives in the United States for half a century. Um, and I am, you know, I am just as averse. I, I believe in the law of unintended consequences. I have no idea what the consequences of this decision are going to be. And um, I'm, I'm unnerved by the fact that it's impossible to game out what happens next uh, as a conservative uh, part of uh I don't want to conserve the uh, conserve unjust things and I don't want the supreme Court i don't want the Constitution to be misread and I don't want you know uh human beings who might otherwise be alive to die based on a right that is no right but um this kind of earthquake
2: you know is unsettling Noah. Yeah, that's a uh, that seems like a pretty conservative philosophy too, uh, not a not a legal philosophy, just a general disposition. Uh, when I share, uh, you hear trepidation in our voices because, like you say, we don't really know what the next steps are and what comes next. But to a degree, it's not a it's not an it's not our place to say. Looking at the nation from a thirty foot thirty thousand foot perspective, talking about the body politic of the country as a whole, because that has nothing to do with what this decision is. This decision remands the issue to the states. And there will be a burst of enthusiasm on both sides, testing the parameters of this new legal environment. We're gonna hear a lot, as I've said before, a ton about the states that will make abortion illegal functionally or, or in statute. We won't hear anything about the states that will make abortion laws as permissive as possible. Um, Both of which will offend the sensibilities of people for whom abortion is either uh, their positions are maximalist on abortion, either that has to be uh, always allowed or never allowed. Um, But there will be this. This is um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's problem with Roe is that it overturned every law in the nation and arrested the process of finding a national equilibrium on the issue. Um, And that process begins again today. Uh, It won't be settled for decades. However, because the issue is remanded to the states and Democrats don't like that, they're gonna talk about federal laws and how, how the federal government should approach this issue now. And that's not the federal government's province. Republicans, if they're smart, federal office seekers and who have federal office should respect the legal doctrine that's been established by this decision and say it is a state's issue and that we have nothing to say on the matter. My personal preferences, but my personal preferences do not apply to the law in this case, because this is not a federal issue.
0: Um, in Louisiana, the other day, I believe, a Democratic governor signed a law in preparation for the this decision coming out that effectively banned abortion. It's John Bel Edwards, a Democratic governor of Louisiana. Why would this happen? Right? Because the states we know where, where, where these incredibly restrictive practices are now enshrined, Right, uh, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas, they are dominated at the state level by Republicans. Right? Louisiana is a weird state, granted. It's got weird politics and weird shifting alliances and all of that. But what what this reveals is that, and what the what the laws passing in Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, and Louisiana reveal, is that in those states there is a political consensus on the idea that abortion should be banned. We know that because it went through the state legislatures, and in the case of Louisiana, in particular, a the the Democratic Party's leading politician signed the bill into law. That is the part of this that is going to be very hard to make out through the through the absolute um, rage and um, uh, lobbying and advocacy of the mainstream media that where the states in which these most restrictive laws or actual outright bans are going to pass are states in which that is, the consensus of the electorate of those states overwhelmingly. That is why people like that prefer a constitutional unlimited constitutional (laughs) right, that you only need an unlimited constitutional right uh, to trump public opinion, right? That's the whole point, um, is to say this is not in the hands of the electorate to decide. This is not in the hands of the people to decide, speaking through their representatives. It is a fundamental right and therefore cannot be um, I mean, it can be limited. It can be not that a lot of abortion absolutists ever wanted anything, anything to limit abortion. But in general, there can be limits, there can be this, there can be that, but there are, but it's a constitutional right. And therefore the voice of the people is not to be heard in understanding it because it needs to be protected, like rights in the Bill of Rights. Obviously, we have the First Amendment right to speech and to assembly and to religion because everybody always wants to limit speech and assembly and freedom of religion. That's that's why that has to be enshrined as the uh, 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 the first three fundamental rights of any citizen of the United States, precisely because there's a hunger on the part of the powerful to limit the rights of minorities in this way. Um, And that's what abortion rights advocates wanted and got and had for this half century since, Mm -hmm. since Roe. And it's been, it's been taken away. They can say it's fundamentally unjust. They can say that, you know, woman is no longer free in the United States as the dissenting opinion by, um, by Sotomayor Breyer and Kagan says but women are part of the electorates in those states also. They are voting to limit their own right <laughs> to, to abortion. So, this is a big conundrum here because where I live, I'm living, I'm sitting here, you know, uh, in Manhattan. Abortion's not going to be restricted here. Probably in New Jersey, abortion's not going to be restricted we're, we're, where Noah lives. In California, Probably. abortion's.
2: Okay, certainly there's going to be legislation where I'm going to start having to pay for uh, women to come from Mississippi to get abortions here. That's That's the burst of moral enthusiasm that we're going to see on the on the part of. uh, And it's going to come much more from the pro-abortion side than the anti-abortion side, which is victorious. We're going to hear a lot about that, but we won't hear about all the efforts on the part of abortion rights activists Mm -hmm. to make this process as as easy and as feasible as as possible. Right. So
0: I think that the politics of this are very, very, very confusing and complicated because in the places where, where the most um, aggressive advocates and people who are going to try to you know, make this the ultimate culture war, the places where they live, for the most part, the places where they are, their right to abortion is not going to be restricted. So they're going to be fighting for the right for abortion not to be restricted in places where the electorates themselves, which include women,
2: are voting to restrict abortion rights. But they also regard this as a civil right, just as every other civil right. And Roe having its basis in 14 did sort of substantiate that. So that the notion here that there's polities and electorates that restrict individual rights is not unique into American history. And they would regard this as yet another fight for civil rights. But whether their whether their respective electorates like it or not but see there that's what's interesting so they've lost that argument right
0: basically the majority six three including Chief Justice Roberts who did not want to overturn Roe I haven't read his concurrence so it's a little hard for me to understand how he can concur in the decision and not and say he would have preferred not to overturn Roe it's not entirely clear to me how that works I think he wanted to overturn the scheme in row, or the kind of constitutional, the set of the trimester
2: setup or whatever. I don't a know. a very I, confused I quite... guy. Here's a Ramesh Panero yeah. cut a piece out of his concurrence. Quote, the court's opinion is thoughtful and thorough, but those virtues cannot compensate for the fact that it's dramatic and consequential ruling is unnecessary to decide the case before us.
0: So in a weird way, he's evoking what I said at the top, right? He's unnerved by the size and, and, And and um, and uh, transformational nature of this opinion, and would have preferred that that not have been necessary. And on the other hand, faced with the choice of whether or not to support it or or oppose it, he supported it. I mean, that's a so in that sense, he is speaking. Whether he's confused or not, he is speaking to an ambivalence that clearly, in some sense, I I I share, and I think probably millions of people share. but I, again, think this is a very, if, if the right, if women believe in the United States who make up now a majority of the electorate, first of all, women make up a majority of the population, and I believe now that w- more women vote than men, if women as, as a class, if you can believe that the majority functions as a separate, independent, and definable class believe that their rights are being needlessly curtailed or or unjustifiably curtailed they can work in every state legislature and at the federal level that's the important thing if they if they achieve consensus on this it's exactly what the court says should have been the case we were moving toward that in the 1970s when this decision came along and stripped the process by which abortion was becoming a legal right through the through the standard issue way that um, laws are passed in the United States. It was pulled out from under that process and turned into something else. <laughs> and uh, now... The whirlwind has been reaped from that from that decision, and I would say, by the way, not just the whirlwind has been reaped, but the entire pop, you know, the entire nature of American politics from the 1970s onward. Roe was a hinge moment. It's the moment at which Southern evangelicals began to separate from the Democratic Party. It is the you know the Solid South, Democratic Solid South, were, you know was. Dominated by white evangelical voters, Catholics, this weird alliance that got Reagan elected of urban Catholics, Reagan Democrats in Macomb County, Michigan, places like that. And the Southern Baptists and others fleeing the Democratic Party because of its association with what people took to be radical sexual politics. That was a huge transformational moment in American life that might not have happened had the legislative process been allowed to go forward in the States on the matter of abortion. I mean, that's history. It doesn't really matter that much, but um, if liberals and leftists believe that this is, this is a a winning issue for them, it could be, I mean, that we could, we should maybe talk about that a little bit.
1: I mean, I think um, part of it, and this is something I didn't anticipate because of the, the, the timing was that this is kind of unfolded a bit like a one 2 punch to liberals, given yesterday's ruling on New York, uh, New York State's gun laws and and then uh, then uh, today the Dobbs decision. Um, so I think um, at least for the time being, the two are kind of combined um, in this in this message that we're going to see uh, among liberals and by the way the, the, their discussion of it is going to be entirely sort of nationalized it's not they will not be discussing this as a state-by-state matter yeah, which uh, is nor, why
2: republicans should yeah right yeah
1: nor will joe biden you know he will be talking about this in the broadest possible terms and um it's going to be about the the illegitimacy of of the court and 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 the the unprecedented threat of, of Republicans who appoint judges.
2: And we haven't even gotten Michigan EPA yet, which is going to make it so that the world will be consumed in a heat fire and everyone will die. That's
0: the meaning uh, by, by which you mean that we're still waiting on the last, I think, seven or eight Supreme Court decisions. Right. Uh, decision today to release. Uh, there were only two decisions today, so we still have two more days of at least one, probably two more days of release, including this epa decision that might uh, remove
2: um... yeah i think what's looming over all this and we haven't said it outright but we probably should is the prospect of violence um riot violence murderous violence um uh, it's been looming in our politics for quite a few years uh really showed its ugly face in 2020 and subsided somewhat in the intervening 18 months however long it's been since the riots and um i kind of find it hard to envision pro-abortion riots but it's not out of the realm of possibility, particularly given, you know, the the guns case and, and Michigan EPA when that comes down. You know, the attempted assassination of uh, Justice Kavanaugh was a guy who was enlivened by abortion rights and for some reason, anti-gun activism. You know, he, he armed himself to the teeth in the defense of gun uh, gun control. Uh, so it's not entirely poss- uh, impossible to see mass violence and certainly targeted violence.
0: Well, I mean, I They're right. Okay. So let's talk about the politics of that. So two years ago, we, of course, saw mass violence and riots and things in the, you know, in the wake of of George Floyd, almost exactly two years ago to the day, right? That worked out great for the Democrats, and they didn't know that it was working out badly for them. That's the problem. Because they live in a bubble. Right? Yeah. They live in a bubble. They it's have no idea what just
2: for them. Yeah. They didn't dis- distinguish yeah. enthusiasm, the bad enthusiasm from the good enthusiasm. Right. And they thought, you know,
0: I don't know what they thought, but they thought, you know, and then, and, and because they don't have the break, here's the weird part there's a, there is a natural break on you when you don't have the mainstream media at your back and, you know, like blowing wind in your sails. There's a natural break. Like you, you, you face some resistance. They are going to face very little resistance as they get ever more, and particularly given the language of the dissenting opinion, as they get ever more extreme in the way they frame the the condition that has been imposed on the country by this decision. I mean, the dissenting opinion says that women are no longer equal, no longer have equal rights in the United States. It literally says let me see if I can find that um, language. Hold on. Uh, it's pretty striking,
2: um, right? Because it doesn't contain, it doesn't involve any legal precedent. It doesn't address the history, which is in this decision pretty prominently. The history of how this, you know, how was rooted in 14, and yet somehow survived for you know a hundred years after 14's ratification. Um, abortion bans. So it doesn't root itself in history and it doesn't root itself in precedent. It's essentially, you know, a primal scream. All right, here we go. For half a century,
0: this is the beginning of the descent. For half a century, Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood of Southern Eastern Pennsylvania, South versus Casey, have protected the liberty and equality of women. Respecting a woman as an autonomous being and granting her full equality meant giving her substantial choice over this most personal and most consequential of all life decisions. Rowan and Casey well understood the difficulty and divisiveness of the abortion issue. But today, uh, so the court struck a balance, as it often does when values and goals compete. It held that the state could prohibit abortions after fetal viability, so long as the ban contained exceptions to safeguard a woman's life and health. It held that even before viability, the state could regulate the abortion procedure in multiple and meaningful ways. But until the viability line was crossed, the court held A state could not impose a substantial obstacle on a woman's right to elect the procedure as she not the government thought proper. Today, the court discards that balance. It says that from the very moment of fertilization, a woman has no rights to speak of. A state can force her to bring a pregnancy to term even at the steepest personal and familial cost. An abortion restriction the majority holds is permissible whenever rational. The lowest level of scrutiny known to the law And because, as the court has often stated, protecting fetal life is rational, states will feel free to enact all manner of restrictions. A woman has no rights to speak
2: of. Yeah, that's crazy in two ways. Obviously, you have constitutional rights as a human being. Second, the state cannot force you to bring a child to term. You can shop around to the various states to get an abortion. Now, is that an undue burden? That's a different question. But the Constitution uh, has in, has the right to interstate travel. It cannot be, according to Kavanaugh and his concurrence, it cannot be um, uh, abridged. And so that's your avenue. Just as many other, as medical tourism is is not a, an odd phenomenon. It's not a rare phenomenon. It happens all the time.
0: So it's considered an undue burden, right? Because what you're going to hear is poor women can't afford That's a to second shop, question, right? And it's a right. live question. Well, you cannot say that it is an undue burden if you don't have a right to it. It's that simple. That's true. Undue burden on what? Undue burden on your choice on, on 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 a choice that you can make, but that you don't have a right to. There is no undue burden. That doesn't that doesn't that doesn't follow uh, necessary. You know that doesn't follow necessarily. Um, I think that there are two problems here. And I speak as somebody who is very unsettled about abortion, I think, as you can hear in the way I'm talking about this. One is the tone in which pro-choice people talk about pregnancy. And yes, I'm sorry, there are only three men on this panel. I understand that's a problem and all of that. But there is a the tone is that pregnancy is a highly ambiguous and you know often unwanted and terrifying state that may be true i mean obviously it's been true in history that women before there was contracept whatever have you know have ended up having to have babies they didn't anticipate having or you know didn't really want or whatever and that's the way of the world and that's the way things have been forever until medical interventions made it possible for you to have some say over when and how you got pregnant uh, by choice. But I don't know that it is a good look for movements to talk about pregnancy as though it is cancer. I mean, it's not, I'm trying to think of a proper analogy. Cancer is obviously not a proper analogy because nobody wants cancer and there's no positive to cancer, but to talk about pregnancy as though it is a potential tragedy. I don't know, every single person was born. I don't know, I don't understand. Can you guys help me out here? I'm trying to articulate something that I, that's hard to articulate. Like having children is what we are born to do in order to perpetuate our species. Treating pregnancy as though it is an entirely elective matter And that it should only happen when we want it. All whatever, however you want to slice it, there is something morally uncomfortable makes people morally uncomfortable in the way that a wholesale
2: abortion ban might make people extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, they're queasy about it. Nobody likes to talk about abortion, but that's probably why this this ruling will be so resented, and I think it will be resented by the majority of the public because a) they don't want abortion to be legal, and b) they don't want to have to talk about it. And this decision makes they don't want it to to be illegal or legal. Illegal. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't, I'm The okay. country does not want abortion to be illegal. The vast majority of them. Now, do they want abortions in the second and third trimester? No. But one of the benefits, social benefits, legal benefits of Roe as precedent was that it, it stripped us of the ability to have to make this decision of have to talk about this in the public square and legislate. That's part of the reason why it's overturned, but that was also one of the reasons why it was so stable because it stripped us of our ability to have to self-govern on the issue.
1: Right. And I think it, without Roe, I think it's harder to talk about pregnancy as if it were an affliction Um, because there's, you don't, there was a sense while Roe was in place that Whatever your ultimate misgivings, whatever your 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 queasiness about the topic, um, well, it is within your rights to have an abortion, um, and and that sort of gives you some some kind of ultimate sense of of reassurance or calm if if that's if that's the road you're heading down.
0: Politically,
1: what I'm saying is that there seems to be an assumption that
0: this is going to be a driver of. Voters to the Democrats in some fashion or other, and I think that could be true. The question is whether is true. It will ever be true in places where that's going to matter and be a hinge issue electorally. So we we already know where some of those places are, right? Pennsylvania, where there are where there is a highly contested Senate race and a highly contested governor's race. Uh, Arizona, where there is a highly contested. Senators race and will be a highly contested governor's race in which it's likely that both the senatorial and gubernatorial candidates of the Republican Party will be very, very, very much on the extremes on this issue. And uh, Ohio, where there was a contested race and in which I assume J.D. Vance will come out very much on the far side of this issue. So we could see we'll have real world tests of this. Um, I I wonder though, again, whether people on the pro-choice side are going to be impelled to make arguments and things are going to be said on their behalf and in the course of this that are going to be appall that are going to appal people and that are going to make people very uncomfortable. Just as Republicans, I think, face a real, Problem here in some places, because the party may get associated with people who say, no, I don't want abortion legal in the case of the life of the mother. You know, it should not be it should be illegal in all cases because it's murder in all cases, that kind of thing. Uh, Mitch McConnell said something very interesting yesterday about the passage of the gun bill uh, in the Senate where, uh, as Mark Halpern said, he read the quiet part out loud. He said, we've lost ground in suburban areas. We pretty much own rural and small town America. And I think this is a sensible solution to the problem before us, which is school safety and mental health. I hope it will be viewed favorably by voters in the suburbs that we need to regain in order to hopefully be in the majority next year. So this I is that open- was on guns. But now let's now let's try to play it out on abortion. Do we know that suburban women, is who he's talking about here, are pro-choice? Are they pro-choice? Are they are is is that a voting issue for them as opposed to inflation and whatever else? Can Democrats screw up their appeal to them by being going crazy on the subject of abortion and talking about talking about babies and unborn babies as though they are, you know, sort of like clumps of cells? That, you know, and that it's a tragedy that a woman should be forced to have a baby.
1: I don't know. Well, there's also going to be, there's going to be several months of reality um, that between now and midterms um, in which people from blue states, women included, will see that people are still getting abortions in their state. Um, So I, there's, I, I. It could be that the 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 intentional conflation of overturning Roe with the idea that all abortion with the with the with the false idea that all abortion will will now be legal in the United States. um, That could wear away over over the coming months.
2: Maybe. I mean, the gun decision yesterday was applicable to precisely six states. You wouldn't know it from the talk about it. Right. It's a national decision. We'll, well, we'll, New York city is going to be very focused on Tulsa, Oklahoma for the next 16, however, or how it's six months. However, I, you're, you're going to basically be living in small town America because that's all you're ever going to hear about. Um, right. we talk, but briefly, we talked, you know, we talked a lot about the Democrats here. What about the right? How does this not rip the heart out of the argument offered by every fundraising email in, in, in right-wing uh, politics and to say nothing of a few upstart publications and movements, how does it not rip the heart out of this argument that Republicans only ever lose, that they never play the long game, that they don't fight? Isn't this the end of that argument? Well, To I mean, be replaced is- by a burst of uh, you know uh, perhaps ill-advised enthusiasm in favor of more deeper, larger fights, perhaps. But Okay, so if I'm Roberts and I'm the squish on this panel,
0: and I don't know where I come down on anything, Noah. This is your this. This has been you mentioned this yesterday in relation to guns. You're mentioning it now in relation to abortion. This 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 idea that Republicans and you've been saying it for months, and you even said it. You wrote a piece about this for the magazine two two or three years ago. That Republicans dwell on the negative. That conservatives dwell on the negative and do not understand the transformational aspect. Of what they've done on behalf of the things that they believe in and there's some you know there's some commercial reasons that that seems to happen and abe you you're our reality guy you are the why you know why why are things changing because because um theoretical culture war ideas are now being tested in the light of reality and people are rearing back in horror and i'm sort of like i don't know where i am on all of this um so uh if noah's right and the right never you know never accepts a victory because they they're they're addicted to the idea that they're losing and that the left has all the cultural power how that what happens now with abortion and it's not just going to be till november or something i mean th- this is now if abortion were a permanent feature of American cultural life in terms of these kinds of conversations, it is now going to be a practical part of legislative. It's going to be a practical part of life everywhere, and not just this year, because there'll be efforts to state legislatures will shift balance over time, and the first thing that people are going to want to do is change abortion laws in whatever direction they can. So where do you come down? And the reality test. That's that's that this represents. Me? No, Abe, Abe, please.
1: (laughs) Where do I come? (laughs) I'm sorry. I just want to understand the question. In other words, you're Mr.
0: Reality. You are. Yeah. Everybody that where we are, we're constantly having these conversations about first cause first principles. And voters are dealing in the real world with gasoline prices and and, fl- and what happens to their kids in school and who's reading, you know, who's dressed up in drag reading to their kids in first grade and all of that. And is that something that they want? So the reality test abort, this abortion thing now moves from the theoretical into the reality test, like
1: as a daily practical matter. So, w- w- right. So say so, it out like, so, so, so does it though? Is that, is that's, that's sort of the question. Um, because, as we've been saying, women still can seek and and, and get abortions, right? Um, so, <laughs> here here here's what here's what here's what the Democrats are going to see, and here's what it, from here on out, um, they're going to see women uh, handpicked by media and by and by various. Political leaders who live in red states, but who are pro-choice, and they're going to feature the the, the struggles of these women. Um, and the question is, what sort of ultimate effect is that going to have um, on, on on in terms of making this a national issue? And I I don't know. I, that's 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 the truth. I just don't know. I can't think of a time in my life in which I've been paying
0: attention to issues where anything like this is before us an earth shaking change. And we have no precedent that will help us to understand where we go from here. I mean, I just, I just don't, it's just very interesting. Like we, we need to express, you know, epistemological uncertainty. We have no, idea how this is going to play and that's again why roberts's confusion may be the ultimate expression of an american consensus which is like yeah i don't know if we should be going down this road this you know i mean look you you, you guys have the better of the argument but you you know like <laughs> like that now obviously a lot of people don't think they have the better of the argument that's you know polling says people want abortions to be legal the, the decision is silent, of course, on whether abortion should be legal or not, though you can presume that several of the justices believe it should not be legal, but that it what they think is it should not be exist as a constitutional as an un, un, as an unambiguous constitutional right since the word abortion appears nowhere in the Constitution. and because the decision said that, you could find a right to abortion in the penumbras and emanations that, 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 that sort of come off the Constitution like a scent, you know, which is one of the worst acts of specious uh, sophistry that we've ever seen uh, in, in uh, certainly in American political history, maybe in political history in general. Um, so I don't know. I, I just, uh, as I say, I think we, we're just we're flying blind here. And, you know, you can see many scenarios, you can see scenarios in which Republicans say things that are so discomforting and, and, and despicable, or conservatives or people on the far right, uh, in a kind of taunting, gloating way, not, not Noah's they won't take a victory way, but in a kind of weird victory lap kind of way, um, in terms of trolling the left and, you know, winning the culture war, that they could really have a terribly backfiring effect. And similarly, you can see how Democrats, un, you know, untrammeled, and with this dissenting opinion that says women no longer have rights once they're pregnant, will, will be just let loose to say whatever is the equivalent of we should defund the police uh, about, you know, something that people view as a kind of, as a good, which is having children. People do view having children as a good, right?
2: Well, yeah. Okay. The majority of them do, but again, this has nothing to to do with that. And people are allowed, and frankly, are justified. And it's a noble impulse to perceive, you know, the social compact in certain states that as that are re- restrictive in ways that you find to be inju- unjust. To be obsessed with it, to be frustrated by it, to work to overturn it, even though it's not the it's not the jurisdiction in which you've put down roots, and it's not the social compact that you want. When you moved somewhere else to have a different social compact. That's it's still a noble impulse to, if you perceive an injustice to be done somewhere, to be frustrated by that and work to work against it. And this is the same that this applies right and left because you have Mike Pence out this morning now saying every state in the nation needs to pass an abortion ban, full ban, every state. Now that's dumb, frankly. But it's a, it's a sort of perfunctory nod towards what I think every conservative in this country is going to feel compelled to do by virtue of their, the enthusiasm of their basis, to try to test the parameters. Well, of every, not every conservative, you mean every conservative politician. Every conservative politician right. who listens to their most animated base voters.
0: Well, this is where the rubber meets the road for the right, which is is the right is what happened here going to push... The right in a direction in which it will make itself unattractive to people in the middle whom it needs to win again assume it, let's not talk about 2022 if every potential candidate for president in 2024 and we trump's got very weird politics on abortion so i mean he doesn't really have politics on abortion he basically said i'll say whatever you want me to say to get myself elected." We'll see where he what he does with this, um, but you know if if Pence is now striking the, I'm the guy who says there should be abortion bans in every state, effectively like I'm I'm running and that's what I'm that's where I'm staking I'm the social conservative candidate. What does DeSantis do? What does Tom Cotton do? Oh, they'll say what that.
2: Do, okay, I, I'll I'll push all my chips in on that.
0: That he'll get, say there should be to abortion right bans in
2: every state. Correct.
0: You think DeSantis will say that?
2: Why would anybody, why would he leave room for, for somebody to get to his right on abortion? Uh, because
0: the rubber is meeting the road here. That's why. Because You've it matters what you race, say. John. For 50 years, it didn't matter what you said on abortion. That's the key here. It didn't matter because the Supreme Court was what mattered.
2: Look, I think the smart thing to say is this is a state's issue. And it's up to the voters of each and every state to determine what, you know, their their abortion regime will be. Uh, so I think the smart thing to say. And then the second I would say that in a Republican primary, somebody gets up and says, you're a squish. You have no values. You have no morals. You want babies to die. And to I me- know that's why it's
0: interesting. That's what I'm saying, because for 50 years, politicians could say whatever they wanted to say and nothing would change their their words with the exception of the very long and very sophisticated argument that was being made about how you needed to vote for so-and-so because you needed to make sure that the Supreme court wouldn't go in the direction that it has now gone. Right. I mean that, you know, very few people voted on the Supreme court on this, you know, voted for president because of the Supreme court, though, in the end, if you're voting on social issues, you're kind of voting on the Supreme court, but it didn't matter. You could say that you were for any, phase of abortion you could say you were totally pro-choice and it didn't matter because there was nothing that you would say that was going to make a difference and you could say that you were totally pro-life though most people didn't really say that they were totally pro-life to be fair in most places they 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 did sort of like accept life of the mother exceptions it was a whole thing with rubio in 2016 about how he was going to come down on this um because you were protected from the consequences of your words by the existence of rowan casey now, if but you're the, a presidential candidate, you say there should be no abortion anywhere in the country. Your your words have a practical can have a practical effect.
1: But this is the, the full flowering of a, of a problem that we've seen, you know, for a while on the right, which is in, in this particular case, it's that our sort of crude right wing politics don't match the sophistication of, in this case, conservative legal thought. And, and so, so they can't make, this is why we never hear the arguments that we want to hear made, made.
2: I don't know if they have not ever just, though. I mean, you could go back to civil rights legislation, you know, the very articulate arguments that Goldwater made against that uh, 1964 law were not articulated by, you know, the, the base who, and the, you know, yeah. the conspiracists who lurched into outright racism. Right, well, I mean, the and other then way tarred we're, Goldwater yeah. in the process sophisticated arguments notwithstanding.
0: Well, the 10-year process of the purification of the Republican Party by getting rid of squishes and rhinos and moderates, some of which was ideological, and then some of which was Trump-driven, right? That Trump needed to punish Jeff Flake and Bob Corker and people who weren't like falling in line with him by scaring the crap out of them and getting them not to run again for office solely because he was worried that they would do, they would like be a vote for his impeachment or whatever, however you want to slice it right but there's been this purification of the process now now this is again where the rubber meets the road because there will be very there are very few institutional voices in the republican party who would say i believe that abortion is an evil but it should be you know like but not the cases of life of the mother and rape and incest right i mean that there are those people i don't know how many of them exist anymore and I, we don't know what the electoral consequences are going to be, again, in Pennsylvania and places like that, which are not MAGA states and are not Trump plus 30 or whatever. We don't know whether this issue is going to turn into a
2: voting issue. Frankly, and I, don't, it, I, sorry, I, just, I don't think that okay. there will be a right-leaning venue that's having the conversation we're having. This, this conversation, with all its uncertainties and ambiguities and trepidation, will not be had on the right. This well, today, a lot of people are yeah. going to be for a lot of people after the draft opinion was released for weeks. Nobody that I saw on the right reckoned with the 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 unknowns the backfires, the downsides. Well, and you they know, probably shouldn't because this is a, a just legal decision. We should make that very plain. Well, it's a just legal decision. And if you are
0: a person who believes deep in your soul that abortion is the murder of a child then this is more than just a just legal decision it is a just moral decision it is a it is a cleansing of a great evil it is the end of slavery it is the emancipation proclamation and I I don't I'm not there though I am in sympathy again in my squishy I'm in sympathy with people who are and they have a right to believe that the world has just become an unambiguously better place because of this decision. And so they should celebrate. Um, I'm saying, looking at this as a practical matter, again, we're just, we're at the, we're, we have just jumped off. I was jumped off a cliff. That's the, (laughs) we have just crossed, you know, into the North we've gone beyond the wall. We're (laughs) You know, we don't know what's there. (laughs) I'm trying to think of analogies. It's not even because, of course, beyond the wall is a world of anarchy and all of that. But um, we well,
1: yeah. okay. I mean, well, you know, look. part of what's going to happen here is that the left wing activism is going to ramp up, um, I think, in ways that that we're, we're 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 probably still underestimating. And when that happens, that always goes too far. And then then you get into the bad look for the Democrats question, because what are Democrats going to say about the excesses of the wave of activism? That will we're the, about
2: to will see? they even acknowledge it? Will the media even acknowledge it? I mean, right. during the summer of violence, you know, there were mostly peaceful riots. Right. I mean, it, you had to what well, the mostly peaceful rights with the fires behind the reporters dis- saying, right. I see You're, no
0: violence here.
2: Your lying eyes deceived you there. Yeah. Um, but there was a full throated effort to justify and legitimize that kind of uh, activity. So will we even see the excesses? I mean, the right will. They'll be focused. You'll, on
0: see, it. We'll see them, but they won't be. But I mean, I think, you know, you guys are absolutely right. We're going to see highlighted. We're going to have highlighted horror stories. We're going to see celebrations of activism. I will say one thing, which is in the zero-sum game of activism. Uh, if I'm if I'm a if I'm in the transgender activism world, I, I'm about to be sidelined. Like if I'm in the if I'm in the women other again. leftist no, if I'm <laughs> in the other leftist causes world, goodbye, other leftist causes. All like. The, you know,
2: so there's this piece in the New York Post today by David Matisse, who's a who's a very good Mastio, Mastio, Mastio I'm sorry, Mastio is a very good uh, editor. I've worked with him at USA Today back before everybody went crazy. Uh, and he he writes about how he was fired from USA Today and, and persecuted um, rather egregiously. And his his fireable offense was to in a snide sort of dismissive way, uh, subtweeting his own, you know, colleagues was to say that the, the word for people who get pregnant is women. And that was a fireable offense, so at least it was a, an offense that almost landed him in a demotion and got him in a lot of trouble. but now the women by again, the way, right? yeah, I know
0: by the way, the Supreme Court doesn't call uh doesn't doesn't refer to um lactating persons or uh what are the you know one of the many terms, right with people with vaginas. It says woman has no rights to speak of. Nancy Pelosi this morning said, uh, where is this? I mean, Nancy Pelosi came out and said something like. This is a ter- American women today have less freedom than their mothers. Women. Now, I guess the word women is now back in our vocabulary because it is a useful weapon. After we were told that it was no longer an acceptable word because it was transphobic to refer to women as opposed to people with vaginas or birthing persons or what are some of the other terms that we were told we should use?
2: That's
0: good enough. People who menstruate it's just people, people who people who menstruate right which of course discriminates against people who are in perimenopause and menopause it seems to me because people who used to menstruate i've decided to make this podcast ad, ad- free because i don't want our advertisers to have to suffer the consequences um so i think we're gonna uh, end here uh i hope uh I hope that, uh, if you are somebody who is celebrating the Dobbs decision today, that we have brought, a you know, we have brought some gloom into your, into your celebratory lives. Cause that's, that's what we're here for. We're here to cast a shadow on your day a shadow on your weekend, but it's so beautiful outside right now here in New York. It's hard for me to, to, to suffer the slings and arrows this way. Anyway, I, uh, thanks you thanks you guys uh we'll be back on monday and for abe and noah i'm john Pothoritz. keep the candle burning.